Hey, y'all. Welcome to Queer and Far Podcast, travel podcast from a couple of queer fans, mm. uh, providing tips and resources to travel safely while black, brown, queer, disabled, or from any marginalized group and intersections in between. I am your sir auntie, Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blasian Blurred, the busiest mixed race, bi-gendered, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, and two-time Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award-winning podcaster in this podcasting game. And my co-host... Uh, the greatest tagalong noob ever, <laughs> Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Hi, nice to meet you. And I am a noob. Um, <laughs> I still love that. That's one of my favorite moments from starting this with you. Uh, so today we are... We were struggling to figure out what we were going to talk about, and mm -hmm. we realized that we've received some questions a, a, a while back or through TikTok or however it happened um, that is actually brought up a conversation that you and I did have mm -hmm. months back um, when we were like, are we sure <clears throat> we're going to do this? Mm -hmm. uh, so why don't you share with everybody either the question or share the, with the class the whatever yeah share with the class if either the person's direct question or the concept of the question should i maybe concept or context before the question or just do the question okay up to you okay um <clears throat> so i well both of us are on different journeys when it comes to decolonization work yes right yes um as, as we feel like every conscious human being on this planet should be doing. Everybody should uh, decolonize. Everybody be working on decolonizing. And um, and we, we approach that from different angles and we do it in different ways. And so one of the, so with that in mind, I am in a lot of different circles with a lot of white women and a lot of even white men. Um, along with following um, creators uh, of all, all colors mm -hmm. um, to, um, to learn. And one of the things that, you know, we come try to, we're trying to build community within ourselves because we need to heal uh, from what was done to us. Because if we are not doing that, we're going out and we're doing it to others. Mm -hmm. Right. That's where we were at. So um, it's come out kind of twice. Uh, one was, um, presented from a from someone who uh, uh, identifies as a white femme and a they them and okay. the other one was a from a, a white cisgendered hetero ma uh, man okay. uh, who also made it a point to tell me that he was also a um, communist that he um, shout out to communism yeah um, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 hello comrade um, and um, basically the question comes down to is they, they want to do traveling and some of them have even, or both of them have actually said there's a part of them that would really enjoy to not be in America anymore. Mm -hmm. But they asked me, how am I coming to terms with going? They're asking, out, how are you Shay? Me, or how me, they, it, the white person kind of, it starts with me because they okay. want to know how I'm doing it so they can kind of get an idea how they should do it yes. because especially the gentleman, it almost, it almost felt like it was coming from a place of guilt. Um, yeah, but how do I navigate uh, going out into the world outside of the United States and not colonize? Yes. This is an excellent question. 
it's a hard <laughs> question. It's a hard question. It's a hard question. And it's something that you and I have talked about a bunch. I I both find it. I don't know. I don't have the best way of saying this. Um, I both find it icky that the question has to be asked, mm-hmm. but appreciative that it is asked, I guess. It's somewhere in between. Like, you know, part of me is just like, you already answered your question. There's so many questions that have to do with like race and, and uh, white supremacy, the where like the asking of the question answers the question, you know, mm-hmm. like it's probably not possible for you. You know what I'm saying? Like there, that, that's what it feels like to me. Right. Off, off the top of that question. It's like, if you have to ask, it's probably not going to be possible. And, and there's so many reasons why it's just general. There's decolonization that needs to happen. Um, I don't know that you can decolonize yourself enough, you know, all that other Mm -hmm. kind of stuff I think is there. Um, And then the flip side of that is good thing. You're asking that question before you go somewhere Mm -hmm. um, because at least you can try to be aware up until this. And this is a question that you and I have discussed because even myself as a Brown femme, uh, black Japanese mixed femme, a person who is also of British heritage directly, mm-hmm. directly British heritage, the colonizer of colonizers. Um, there is aspects of even my presence in spaces that I'm mindful of. Um, it well for me, I think it, it hits to be more of my American status because I'm not American in America. No. I'm American when I leave America right. and that is never more evident than in customs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but when I travel abroad, um, the people don't talk to me in my, in my brown skinness first. They tend to talk to me in my Americanness right. first. And that's at least the first thing they say to me um, here, you know, here in the States it's where you from, where's your family from all the questions to try to figure out why I'm Brown. Even in England, the question was like, are you a Yank? Mm-hmm. yes why are you with that white dude that's my cousin that doesn't make sense to me because that's a british cousin and he's white but you're brown that's when the question about the brown happens right like mm-hmm. i'm with my mm-hmm. british cousins but i'm brown and that does not compute and i'm an american and that doesn't compute and stuff like that so for me asking myself that question i think is also important for me to do but i'm going to be doing that from the lens of an american who does have privilege my blue passport gives me privilege when i leave the country even when i'm going to another western country Mm -hmm. so i think for you and the people that ask the question the fellow the fellow whites who ask the questions (laughs) i think your question is more layered because you have to deal with it through your lens of being an american and being a white person and a beneficiary of white supremacy Mm -hmm. and all that other kind of stuff white privilege white supremacy all that kind of stuff um me as a brown, I am impacted by white supremacy. I have learned through the tools and systems of white supremacy. And therefore, mm-hmm. there are things that do on occasion come out of my mouth, even as a brown person, that you can mm-hmm. tell that is white supremacy speaking through me mm-hmm. because that's how potent this fucking um, system is. Right. So I think it's good to be having these these conversations. I think it's definitely good to not have these conversations in, in a small box, you no. know, like. So let's get into it. You and I have talked about this before, and mm-hmm. we we have had, I think, both really probably healthy reasons and probably problematic reasons. And yeah. probably like my biggest takeaway from, I think, the last time we talked about because I think that we've talked about this a couple of times, um, is that we were both so fucking tired mm-hmm. that none of the other things we had talked about for that particular conversation mattered anymore. We were just yeah. fucking done. Yeah. And um, 
And I think there's something in that too. So where do we begin? Do we begin in Americanness first or do we begin in whiteness first? I, I think since the majority of our perspective will be talking from an American point of view, mm-hmm. you from the brown femme and me from the white queer femme. Um, but if you, I think we can't help but see it through that lens because mm-hmm. one of the big things that was what we were focusing on was a lot of people were throwing it back at us, especially at me. And I yeah. had mentioned it was happening to you where they were saying, well, you participate in capitalism here. Yeah. So you're just going to go and do it over there. Oh, so if you do it, like you're just as bad as I am. Literally, you can't for escape calling out. capitalism. Right. Like, unfortunately, right. that is the case. We can't mm-hmm. fucking escape capitalism. We have we have pushed capitalism all across this planet, even yeah. in places that we should not be, you know, like where people are just trying to be people and a system has infiltrated them as well. So I will already just... D- dismiss that if that's what people are coming to me at i think the way they come at me and you are different though so let's talk about how they come at you first um they come at me uh from when the with when i talk to other white people um it is i i find that they're coming from a place of defensiveness Mm -hmm. because i am speaking openly about trying to do better yeah and talking openly about having empathy because I don't know your experience. I am not you. I can't have personal. I don't have personal um, uh, experience, but because I've done, I've listened. And because I've done some other extra work, I hear you. I see you. And when I bring that back to my people, they get very defensive because I find that if that I feel personally that because I'm trying to know better to do better, it put, then puts it on them that they mm-hmm. have to know better to do better, which the answer is yes, especially if you want to continue hanging out with me. <laughs> um, but um, I think that's where it comes from in the beginning. And they try to attack me to tear my position down by going, mm-hmm. well, you're still buying on Amazon or you're still um renting or you're still yeah. <laughs> like I'm like what do you want me to do not eat like yeah I mean, like I'm living yeah. a living a tent somewhere um which right. is you know also a possibility but not so something I that find system is happening. So I think what's happening and you can get, please give me your insight is I feel like they're trying to tear me down. They're trying to um avoid the conversation. Uh, um, yeah I think avoid is probably uh, and they're trying to um, not take any accountability, which is I agree with that statement as well. So it's different for me because because I'm not getting like you're spreading capitalism or you're even colonizing or anything like that. Um, I'm getting the Mexico. That's oh. not say it's the it's like a I get that too. But yes, it's it's the the fantasy to leave the country and live your life living a life of joy moving forward and joy and Mm -hmm. stuff like that people don't like that for you (laughs) you know what i'm saying like they 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 fantasize it for themselves but if you're doing it you're doing their fantasy fuck you for doing my fantasy right right so that's more the version of it that i get Mm -hmm. um although my world has become a lot smaller i've shed some uh friendships that lacked support i've shed i've shed some 
um, more toxic friendships, I guess. So my, my world, especially in the last six months, has gotten really, really small mm-hmm. in terms of friendships. I've, I've, I've shed a lot. Uh, so I'm not going to hear that much that that much anymore. I mean, a little bit, the people that are still on Facebook and stuff like that might be like, oh my gosh, you're always moving. Um, mm-hmm. And thanks. But for you, I feel like, I think, you know, I do think it is a knee-jerk reaction as a white person to just automatically feel defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, slavery wasn't my fault. It was my ancestors. You can't blame me for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I profit from a system that still to this day. from it, but I'm going to completely deny that that is the case. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff, I think. Um, I think it is far more offensive to the general white person that feels this way to be called out or to feel called out by a white person. And even in the cases where you're not directly calling someone out, but again, you're just moving forward with a joy plan and they're just Mm -hmm. like, how dare you? Um, I think it just, because it turns that mirror onto people and it it, it shows you, because I think one of the excuses of why people aren't addressing why uh, slavery is still existing as a, as a system, as a way our system works now is because they just don't want to, they want a just world where everything's right and they didn't have to work, you know, like they, they, they just deserve how it is and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like they, people want that. And for a white person to identify that the system is fucked up, and that it's fucked up in their own favor and that they would also like to see black and brown folks um, experience the privileges that they experience Mm -hmm. that, that shows them that it is possible to care and possible to change, which means they have to put an effort, which is effort that they want. They don't want to have to put in. It's, it's kind of like when you, want to lose weight but you don't want to stop eating junk food right like it's junk food is so much easier you know it's so much easier and it tastes better um being a beneficiary of a racist uh system that you did not create but profit from and benefit from it's just easier Mm -hmm. to not address it and you make it harder you make it harder for them to not address it than i do or than my darker skin counterparts do yeah. And so I think that's what's happening with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with me, I it's it's a if I haven't had much negative talk about it since I have shrunk my world. But of the negative talk I have seen and I've seen this also from other black and brown um, travel content creators, it is that feeling of envy that comes along with not that you could afford. It doesn't matter. You could afford to do it or not afford to do right. it. It's that you are taking a chance on yourself Uh, right to go and do something that you would rather do than Mm -hmm. to do something that all of us have to do you know what i'm saying right and so that's what i experienced more but i still think that that question going back to that first question is something that no matter if we're black or brown white we we need to answer that question Mm -hmm. what does it mean to go to a place yep that you did not come from Mm mm-hmm and live and exist and participate in that society. And how much do you participate in society? What are the best ways to, for you to participate in society without having a negative impact on society? Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, the first thing you have to accept is that no matter what, you will be impacting that society negatively. Yes. Just by your mere presence. Mm-hmm. Partially because you're not from there. You don't know the culture. You have a bigger learning curve than mm-hmm. than they do um, from mm-hmm. the thing. But my blue passport raises property taxes when I travel. Yes. My blue passport yep. puts uh, resort 
fees on random ass everyday mm-hmm. items because my blue passport exists. So your blue, our blue passport um, makes it uh, limited in resources for Hawaiians to get water yeah. or to get food. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. So okay. I think I think there there is a level of which that you have to accept that there's no magical way that you can live in another place that you're not from uh, as a Westerner in particular, where you do not have a negative impact. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think the reverse is the case of someone from a, um, this is hard because essentially in our PR as America is that we are the best nation in the world and we're the richest and strongest and all this other kind of stuff. But on paper, if you actually do the math, we're like a third world. We're like what we think a third world country, third country is. is supposed to look like, right? When someone from these supposed third world countries, these poor yeah. people that need help and need to come to America to benefit right. themselves and stuff like that, um, they benefit society far more than the people who exist here yes. already. So it's a different situation when you're doing it. And I hate it to be like a punching up type of scenario because I don't want to say that these places are lesser or lower. But in, in socioeconomic terms or in the way the world society treats okay. those places. That's because we're having a nuanced conversation. Yeah. And that's why some people are going to be like, you said this. And like, it, it's, it's so tough. Much it's more, hard to say. Yeah. It's so much more complicated than just a simple so Black like if, if we're going off response. of the PR, like okay. the way the world has decided these XYZ con- countries, yeah. they are considered third world countries and the US or England or any of our Western uh, countries, uh, Western super- superpower countries and stuff like that get to have this higher status. Right. Um, there is something to that because the, that's what the world acknowledges. The, the society, the wor- global society acknowledges that. And so w- we can't be completely ignorant and act like that's not at play here. Mm-hmm. But I don't, but when, when people from those countries uh, that the global world is looking at as lesser come here, they come here and they provide services, they provide labor, they at, at, at lower rates, to the benefit of the United States or other yeah. Western countries um, that aren't as beneficial to them as they would probably hope exactly. it would be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why they don't have a negative impact when they come here, even if they fucking flooded the, the country, they would not have nearly the kind of negative impact on the society here as we do when we go there. Even for me, who's a lower middle class person who lives paycheck to paycheck and sometimes less than paycheck to less than paycheck, um, I could still go. But my blue passport allow is set it up in such a way that when I travel to a, one of those places that is viewed as lesser, yep. my money is worth more. I walk <sighs> through their street with status that they don't have. And that is their country. And, and that is really hard to face as a fellow brown person because when here i'm viewed in the way that they are viewed in their own country i'm viewed that way in my own country but when i have a blue passport i can go there and be treated higher so i don't i think that you do if you're going to make a decision like this as an american citizen or as a westerner in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. to go to another country because the, it, like if the cost of living is better than where you're at and all this other kind of stuff, I, I, th- I don't think you can say there's a way for you to do it without having a negative impact. What you have to weigh 
is how, how much can you give back to offset? It's sort of like um, level balancing out your carbon footprint, right? Like there's, there's this stuff that you can do to try to be beneficial, but know that you're still always going to be, you're at all times going to be having a negative mm -hmm. impact. Mm -hmm. um, it's the reason why their rent is going to be higher, even though it's less lower for you. Yeah. It's the reason why their food is going to be higher, even though it's lower for you. Yeah. Maybe they get imported food, better foods from different places because you exist in those neighborhoods, but they're not going to be able to access those foods because they're not going to be able to afford them. Yeah. So that is just on the face of it. That's just the reality. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's not, not a selfish decision to know that and still be like, I'm still fucking gone. Um, but there's also protection and safety that people like us need. And we don't get, have it here in the United States. And so we've decided to try to find it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, me as a, a brown femme that is also queer. there's just so much out there that shows that it's safer for me in other countries than it is for me here. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, there's no good way to do there's, this. There's no good, <laughs> like there's no, okay. I think the, there's no perfect way. There's to no do this. perfect way to do there, this. There's no way that you're going to do, I'm going to offset and not do capitalism. I'm I, I, sorry. I wish there yeah. was another option, but that currently you would not. have to convince the society right. that you're going to to also not operate within capitalism and, and something that you said i can't i'm not going to quote you perfectly but it really resonated with me when we had this conversation previously and it was like look i'm already stuck in capitalism here and i have less choices and less power here yeah i if i'm already stuck in the shithole of yeah the planet um why would i stay here pay eight times more right to be discriminated against right and other things yeah um when i can make better choices have other options and if i'm more conscious of it i can do i can mitigate my harm and yeah. i can maybe provide some good yeah because like here i can barely afford the life that i have set up here there where we're planning on going mm -hmm. not only will i be able to afford the life but i'll have extra money that i can actually put into the economy there which hopefully will be beneficial like the uh, so this is a conversation actually that is popping up on one of the the black expat groups that i'm in has to do with um the way you impact their economy to the individual person's benefit over the societal benefit. Okay. Um, and that is, and we're about to touch on something that's really, is going to, it's really uncomfortable for me okay. um, as, as a Brown person. It's uncomfortable for me to engage Buckling in this way. In. And this has to do with um, domestic service, housekeepers, okay. um, drivers, uh, cooks, domestic service. Right. Um the conversation that I saw recently had to do with their having their independence holiday this weekend. And so they were, the person was reminding everybody in that group, um, don't forget to pay that you're paying three times more on Monday because Monday is a federal holiday and, um, and it's mandatory by Mexican law that you, yeah. that if, if pe people aren't supposed to work, but if they do work, you work, pay them three pay, times. Pay them more. That's mm -hmm. part of, of how it works in Mexico. Again, already better. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> already better than how it is here in the States. Right. And so somebody was like, oh, thank you for reminding me. Um, make sure that I budget that in. And then someone says, thank you for reminding me. 
goes to cancel the appointment for Monday. And then like it flooded immediately with responses of like, don't go canceling because if they already agreed to work on Monday, they're anticipating the three times salary mm -hmm. for that day. And they have budgeted that into their life most likely. Yeah. So and they said no to somebody else. They probably said no to someone else. And so if you're canceling on Thursday before yep. the weekend, they may not have enough time to get someone else to to pay that. So they've already calculated that. And so then he was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking about them having a day off. But if you're and any of us can re relate to this, that that struggles with with our pay and, and our life. Right. If you have an opportunity to make three times the amount you normally work for the same shit you normally do, that's a hard no. Yeah. You know, like that's hard for you to be like, no, nah, I'd rather have my day off. Yeah. If you do, and if you can, absolutely dope. Please take the day off, take the rest. But if you're waiting around for this holiday to pop up because you know that if you work for Americans, you will make three times, or or if you work for anybody, you will make three more times what you would normally make, plus a special tip because that's also a kind of tradition as well. You're gonna sign up for that if if you're if you're poor, if you're struggling. So this is a positive way to impact individuals within the communities that you're moving mm -hmm. into without having a negative, you know, with, without um, it benefiting society, but not the people. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's going to benefit society, but not the people, like the fact that we're going to pay more rent mm -hmm. than a local would. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like yeah, we can yeah. afford it, it's still cheap for us, but but for them, it, it makes it harder for them to get more housing. So that's a negative yeah. part of yeah. us moving there. But a positive part is, you know what? It costs, I'm just going to do fake numbers. So it costs $40 a day for a person to come into your house, clean it from head to toe, mm -hmm. and prepare you one meal. Let's mm -hmm. just say that it's $40 a day. or 50, Let's do 50 to make it easy. Okay. Um, and you say, I want this to happen three times a week or whatever. So $150 uh, or, yeah, $150 is what you're budgeting every week. Three times a week, you're going to have someone come in and cook and clean for you and pay $50 a day. Now, because the cost of living is so much different than where you come from, you actually could pay that person twice that amount, mm -hmm. benefit them personally, and you're still saving money in comparison to, or I, I guess I'll say I'm this, like I'm saying this in pesos or something like that versus um, dollars. Mm -hmm. you like, And you're still saving money compared to what you would have paid here in the United States. And you get extra days because you wouldn't have been able to afford that much in the United States. That is a way where you can have a, a very positive impact on individual people that are working for you in that society. Um, mm -hmm. And they don't have to tell people that you paid them double. You know what I'm saying? Like you could just do that and 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 still be able to afford your life because it's so much more affordable where you're going than than where you are. Um, the reason why that is really difficult for me because as a, a black person and a descendant of the African slave trade and um, coming from probably generations of domestics before and then after, or domestics after enslavement and then before that domestics with enslavement, um, it is tough for me to have people clean for me. I desire it because I'm not very great at cleaning myself. And I, it is kind of a fantasy for me to be able to afford to have someone come and clean my house and cook for me because I'm not a yeah. very good cook either. Uh, it is hard for me to envision having black and brown people do that for me because of the, that race anxiety and yeah. class anxiety that comes along with something like that. That being said, mm -hmm. 
I could be benefiting these people, mm-hmm. even in my current situation here in, in Houston, who who do do work like that, because mm-hmm. I will have also more empathy in the way they're treated. I will probably find ways to be able to pay them more, things like that. But it still makes me uncomfortable. And I'm in I'm in literal conversations with people, a, a, a femme group of mine, where we are trying to tell each other why it's OK for us to do this. You know, right. like it, it's tough. Um, but in another country, there's that other layer of race, class, and I'm not even from here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the flip of that is I never want to pay white people to do that because I don't want white people to benefit from my money more than I have no choice from them to do. But in that case, I would have a choice not to hire a white person. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, and <laughs> unless you're a Michelin star fucking chef, I'm not going to trust you to go back. <laughs> this conversation's for people who wash below their knees. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wash. Don't let water you run down your leg. Literally spices. take a washcloth and wash down your whole legs and feet. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah, yeah no. So, okay. so it's a difficult uh, thought to me, but it right. really raised that thing of like, there's so many times you're only looking at one part of a diff- uh, issue without looking mm-hmm. at the whole thing. One person received that message of don't forget to pay your, your um, domestic staff three times the amount on Monday. One person took that as, oh, shit, I need to cancel so that I don't have to pay three pay times that, yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, I made it, right? I made it myself. I and mo- a lot of myself. people probably would have thought that, right? Like, oh, yep. shit, yeah, I need to cancel. Yep. And then go, whoa, 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 I was just trying to cancel because I wanted them to have a day off. But what about them needing that and their willingness to work on that day because of that? Maybe they don't want to work on that day, but they need to work on that day because it's a three times the salary day. There are so many issues related to that. But at the end of the day, you do if you move from here to there, you do have the resources to be able to pay them three times that day. And give them a nice extra tip and everything like that, which will benefit them, benefit their family, and have that positive effect while also participating in their society in some way, shape, or form. I This has triggered a memory that I would like to share. Okay. When I was younger, um, I used to live in Yuthe, Guam. I say Fiji. It's, this is a long-standing joke. It's, it's a like, joke. For for 25 years, I've been, call, I've been saying it was uh, Guam the whole Guam, time. Guam, not Fiji. I'm like, yeah. Where did I go? To? I would love to go, go to Guam. I'm going to go to Guam with Shay for spring break. <laughs> I'm like, whatever happened to that? I was supposed to go with you one year you, and we didn't yeah, end up we, going. And it ended up going. I think I didn't end up going. Um, I, um, I come from, I come from Plivers, even though I'm not what I would consider wealthy mm-hmm. in any stretch of the imagination. I do come from privilege, just um, more privilege than even white, other mm. white Americans. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So I, upper middle class. We'll, we'll say that. My family decided before I was, was born, my grandparents decided that they wanted to get a summer home. And instead of buying in Hawaii, which was expensive mm-hmm. and we won't go in, go into why that is. Um, <laughs> but they decided to buy a half of an Island. And this makes sounds like an asshole. It's, a half of an Island. in wild, Fiji. Yeah. I know that sound for the same price of buying a house. In they Hawaii. bought a half of an Island. In Fiji. In Fiji that had two little breweries on it. And that's like a one bedroom. It's like all open floor plan, except yeah. like there's a door for the bathroom. Copy okay. that. Okay. 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 So, um, okay. <laughs> now I've got into that. Like the, um, uh, we, we had servants 
that mm -hmm. even so my first time I was there was nine, 13, seven, anyway. So I, my first time, even at nine years old, I was extremely uncomfortable with having somebody come into the house and touch my dirty laundry. That was not my mother. <laughs> like, and the idea also of somebody cleaning up after me, that wasn't my mother or my, yeah. like my family was really odd. I need to pause for one more second here because this is one of these special uh, Shay and Charmaine are not the same moments. Yeah, I'm hearing you say the words people cleaning up for me besides that is not my mother. My mother, yeah. That is not happening in my, in my uh, and you were, I know, I know, I know. Like, I mean, I was just sort of, I was expected to do like, but really my mom was one of those moms that, mm. you know, and I, Again, that's probably a whole nother realm that we can unpack <laughs> on white culture. Um, but uh, uh, but uh, Una uh, taught me how to make roti and um, she let me do stuff with her and okay. like let me clean my own clothes on the like literally like. like okay, gotcha. Like, yeah, you know, like not like put it away. I mean, eventually we did get like a washing machine, but before it was <laughs> hit it on a rock and, you know, you know. Um, you really appreciate shit so much more when you <laughs> put your manpower into it. But anyway, there was a huge bone of contention between the rest of the white people who lived on mm -hmm. the island um, that were mostly made up from um, people who technically had lived in Fiji their entire lives, but their ancestry was New Zealand, gotcha. Britain, um, Australia. Mm-hmm. My father used to pay them double the normal rate. And then mm -hmm. on special holidays, we did triple, but even on, we would even pay them to not work. Okay. Right. It's a special holiday. Here's a bonus. Enjoy your holiday. Yeah. I remember the, it was, I was young, so I didn't understand the conversation. I just thought people were just being mean. Mm -hmm. But they were having this conversation where they were saying you're on you're you're messing up like the balance, the balance. of society. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're making it they're gonna want to work for you and they're negating everybody else. Oh honto. okay. Okay, and or they're not gonna they're gonna like bend over backwards for you and then they're gonna ignore Half everything else. Or whatever and, you, and then and then you're just gonna leave. Mm. I suppose I could see it from that point of view but isn't wouldn't wouldn't that be the same conversation as we're in happening in america now where everybody during the pandemic it was not taken care of and um they got fired from their jobs or let go and then they went out because no they couldn't get any help because you know we got what twelve hundred dollars in one year yeah anyway fuck this country um of our own money back of our own money back to us anyway mm -hmm. um and these people went out and now they have another job. They've done something to decide hustle. They're working for Amazon and it's, you know, maybe $5, $2. But now all these places are bitching mm -hmm. that no one can is coming to work for them. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I hear that story and I'm like, boo hoo. Um, yeah. But also the solution to white expats problem is to not pay the local brown people a extra, which is still 
miles the less than what you would have to pay. Right, you know, like right. And they, but the way they were putting it is, you're using your privilege to throw money, and I can sort of see it from. I can, yeah, I, I guess that you're just yes. throwing money out to get attention and to be first in line, which is a classically white. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That could have been done with poor intent and just yeah. like, I want to be treated better. So I'm going to pay you a little bit. That absolutely. That could have been the case. Sure. Right. Sure. And again, maybe some other people did it that way. Even maybe my father did it that way. I don't recall it, but again, I was young um, and you don't I, really know him as a man. You know him as your dad. Which yeah, is a he's my dad, which is a different is, type yeah. of belief. But when I tell you, like, Una made like $12 American a week. Yeah. Um, again, I granted this was in the 90s. I'm old people. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, you know, you know paying her 24, everybody lost their mind but the way my dad put it was this is a, a woman who has six children at home one of them being in a wheelchair she needs more resources yeah i can give that yeah so i don't know what the right answer is i feel like the people bitching like you live there why aren't you taking care of her yeah why aren't you giving her more so she doesn't have to struggle yeah. why aren't you asking that question why are you attacking another white person saying you're throwing off the economy? <laughs> um, first of all, white on white crime is my favorite kind. I so, know. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm turning it. you on. I know. <laughs> it's, Big it's lady my, boner. My I biggest got it. Pink, uh, white on white crime. Uh, but yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. Like if you, if you're a local that, I mean, you're a local expat or whatever and you're, and you're there all, all year long. Do you not pay them extra because you're concerned that they're going to get too big for their britches and there won't be any more brown people to clean up after you anymore? Like, that's the only argument to me that I feel like they have that they can't actually say out loud. Um, because the solution could just be like, hey, let's all chip in to help the lady with six kids and one in a wheelchair. You know, yeah. like that could have also been the thing or been like, hey, thanks for exposing us to this idea that we could pay them a little bit more. Let's go ahead and do that. Um, because again, and this is with my limited knowledge, I've never been to Fiji, so I don't know how many Fijians were just like making a little bit extra from their white, you know, houses that they cleaned up with and then just fucking bounce from the island that they're from. That's probably not the biggest thing that ever happened. No. And being able to buy land in Fiji is difficult if you are not a fijian they and i didn't understand the nuance and i certainly didn't understand the nuance until now but the big thing that they talked about is we don't want to become hawaii now right. i assumed when they were meaning that they meant um corporate investors and blah 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 who took over and had all this money and they bought all of that yes they did mean that but what i didn't understand until most recently and i am shocked and i'm saddened that i didn't know is that America, we just simply said we want Hawaii and now Hawaii is ours. Yeah. We paid off people and we undermined the queen and undermined their own queen mm -hmm. and we stole it. Took him. We no, we stole it. We Hawaii stolen. There's no other way of putting it. And um, and so, but even though uh maybe that didn't happen, like 
Fiji only in the last 20, no, I have to look it up, but I think it was like right before I was started to go there, they got their freedom, independence from the crown. Yeah, so most of that happened in the 20th century. Yeah, the um, because 21st century. The, the money, the, the, the queen was still on the money when I was visiting. So, independence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is a whole another part of this like amazing planet that we live on that people are arguing that Queen Elizabeth II wasn't a colonizer, that all her ancestors were. <laughs> right. <laughs> and instead of hiring the Fijians to do their work, what they did was they brought in their own enslaved people. They brought people from India mm -hmm. and dropped them off there. And then they're, then like, they they're brown too. It's fine. Right. And they're fine. And then, th then there's the clashing between the, um, the Indo Fijians mm -hmm. versus the, 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 the locals because they were propped up and given money by the, the British empire. Nobody was. So again, the, the, the caveat of this memory is, is like um, there's going to be like that conversation of being also being mindful of not just because I want it and I'm entitled to it. And again, that's not probably you. Yeah. That's not going to happen. I mean, you're British, but not that British. <laughs> Is it too soon? I, I drink tea. That's what I do. Is it, is it too soon since the queen? Bro, uh, like, so I did tell you this. in a box. I did tell you this, but our audience probably hadn't heard us is, is um, when she passed. I didn't know she passed because we were actually recording at the time that yeah. that, that news hit. And um, I received a text message that just said, sorry for your loss yeah. from a friend of mine. And I was just like, who died? <laughs> like, who, who did I lose? And in my head, the weirdest thing is immediately the first person I thought of was the queen. The queen. Not a relative, not a shared friend not, or anything between me and this friend. I thought, I bet the queen died. And then he said the queen died. And I was like, bro, that really sucks. Is someone to tell me that way? <laughs> Condolences. Because, what about me made you think that I would be sad? Well, because here's the thing, and I don't even know if he thought it was sad or anything like that, but he knows something that's very uncomfortable that I that I do, um, which comes uh, directly from having grown up inside the household of a British grandmother. Um, she used to have a picture of the queen by the door, and we had to curtsy or bow, depending on our gender, um, which was very complicated. Uh, curtsy and or <laughs> bow at the picture of the queen when you walked in the house. And so the knee-jerk reaction which I have when I see that woman's face to start to bow, uh, to start to curtsy, um, it it like it like it's it's one of those things where I'm maybe, going, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Maybe <laughs> like maybe you can like if you can't help the you know the conditioning, maybe you could like curtsy while. It's just a weird like I I don't do it. I will say that I've gotten to the point where I don't do right. it, but I feel my knees go, "Oh, we're supposed to do this right now." Like it's right. just this weird program knee-jerk reaction. It it it's the same thing that happens where when I do actually when I drink any cup any cup now, but it it started from drinking tea is that my nana would stab my pinky with a fork to make sure that I put my pinky up because You we were... too. Oh my so I, okay. for years, I actually had yeah. scars on my pinkies um, from forks uh, because it was that frequent of a thing. So now, nearly 45-year-old Maine, I'm drinking a fucking 32-ounce Fat Tuesdays cup, and my pinky is, because I'm holding it, my pinky is out. That, that, 
yeah so yeah that's that's my british influence um so yes i don't care that she's gone she's 96 years old it's fine uh but she, but she is responsible for um <laughs> colonization despite what people think and um i mean yeah. literally not let uh, we're not 70 gonna, years we're not getting into to, we could into but I mean, like it, but we could because like it is sort of what we're talking about but yeah, yeah. no yeah and so i i will do my best my intention is to do my best to be very cognizant of of what is happening in so much that i can as a foreigner um okay. and and to it maybe even just have those conversations with people to say like if i give you extra is that okay? You know, like, you know, are you okay to take it? Am I doing something weird? Am I being offensive? Because, you know, tipping can be very strange. And no, in Europe, it's, too, a, right? it's a very weird Like thing in France, you wouldn't, you, you would offend because you they'd be offend. like, what's wrong with you as an American that your society won't just like pay people living wage? And you're like, you're right. So, but also, you're a fair I'm, question, but you know, I have been conditioned that this yeah. is what I'm supposed to do. So, you know, I, uh, I will want to learn those customs. And I want to be very um, aware of or performing customs, correctly yeah. within those customs and tra traditions. Um, and maybe there are a different set of rules for outsiders than there are for locals. That's another good insight. I do want to be aware of that as well. The other part of me is saying, um, I'm a brown, you're a brown. I'm taking up more space than you get to take up in your own space. Can I you know, can I give you a little extra? Like, I think that that might be something that will be important to me. But that being said, like, like, especially with the example about the canceling, canceling on the Monday versus giving them an extra tip. Let's yep. say those are two different conversations, right? Yep. Canceling on a Monday to me would have been automatic detrimental to society because now Absolutely. you have just saddled that person with an, uh, with um, uh, a loss of income. Yep. you know, that they were anticipating. And, and, and then the separate question uh, of, you know, is it appropriate to tip them extra on that day? Mm -hmm. um, I need to learn that. I would definitely try, but I would need to learn that. I, the only way that I would cancel the three day, three times pay day thing that I, and then, and do I feel, I don't even think I'd feel justified doing this. I feel like I'd still want to pay it. If, I would like, still if, pay that. If I happen to be out of the country during that time and be like, you don't, have, you don't have to clean the house during right. this week. Yeah. And I'm, I'm traveling. Yeah. yeah. If I was sick too, I would like, Hey, don't come. Here's the money. Yeah. I think I'd still want to just pay it because if yeah. they, they could just anticipate that that's a salary that they would I, receive. I do that um, here, but I don't know if that's also because I've been now conditioned and I own my own business and it really fucking sucks when somebody cancels on you last minute. Well, that's the other part, right? Like service industry folks here in the United States, like everybody I know and grew up around that worked in the service industry are the best tippers mm -hmm. because they know what it's like to have to live off of tips. People who have not much are the best tippers and the most kind. That's true. And the most people kind, yeah. who have more and can afford things are the shittiest of people I've ever met. Yeah. Um, how about a little bit? I'm going to um, segue using the same, same thing. We're still talking about decolonization and how we do that with traveling. Mm -hmm. I want to introduce the internets 
to a woman. I don't know her personally, but I have found her blog and her Instagram extremely insightful. And I feel like you all should be, um, if you're interested in traveling and all, and in particular traveling to make sure that you're, um, being polite and decolonizing your brain and keeping things in, in the forefront of your mind. I want you guys to check out Fran, the traveler. I believe you follow her on, um, Instagram. And she wrote a great piece in 2020 called dear travelers. Uh, you can decolonize travel too. Here are 16 ways and great quotes in here, but she starts off with what does it mean to decolonize something, particularly travel, you might ask. I decided to ask travelers from various races and ethnicities their perspectives on decolonization travel in order to help educate you, internets, on the topic. Amplifying underrepresented voices and to inspire you to take concrete steps towards decolonizing travel. It started with me wondering how I can, as an individual tra uh, traveler and blogger, take small steps that can lead up to big changes, both in the Black Lives Matter movement, as well as decolonization of travel. With that said, she breaks it down like this. I asked the following questions. So I'm going to ask you the first question. What does the phrase decolonized travel mean to you? <laughs> Put you on the spot. No, no, I think I have an answer for it, but I kind of, I kind of pause for a second. Cause I really got to think about like, for me, there's so many layers in decolonization, right? Like there's, there's decolonization as a brown person Us. who is in a colonized place you know mm -hmm. like there's there's that part um so i need to strip myself of the oppression and the systems that are in place to keep someone like me down and then there's the other layer of fun fact even though i'm oppressed in my society and culture i can leave my society and culture yeah. and benefit from the mm -hmm. privileges that my again like i just call it the blue passport affords me so i think for me it's a layered thing so decolonized travel would be not going into places and trying to take up so much space or assuming that I have um, rights and privilege to maneuver spaces. Okay. So for an example, I would say when I see videos or Instagrams of white model types in Africa on, and they're visiting villages and they're posing with children and uh, or they're showing of footage of like things that are very foreign to a westerner right like lifestyle stuff that is just existing within the vi villages that they're in and they're talking about it like it's apart from them it's it's so quaint or like it's you're so, visiting the zoo or you're visiting the zoo like that kind yeah. of stuff i would never maneuver that way okay. so that's not even like an accident like i i could go on one of these trips I never do the things that I see white travelers do in those mm -hmm. places. That being said, I've still traveled to that place. And yeah. so there's still an impact that I can have. Right. Right. So for me, I think the, I wouldn't need to decolonize the desire to like take pictures to say like, Hey, I was at this village and here's all the stuff I saw because I already come, I already travel that way. Like if I feel that, any pictures that I'm taking will be exploitive of, of brown people. Mm -hmm. I don't even do that. Um, 
So in that case, I wouldn't have to do that, but I'm still taking up space in that place. And so I need to be mindful of um, what are the what are the customs and cultures within that society? Is that a place where I, I as a person who's going to be perceived as a woman could go up to a man and talk to them without that being a problem within their okay. culture? You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for me, part of the decolonization travel is where am I going? Mm-hmm. I got to do a little research to find out. Mm-hmm what are the customs in that place? Because I have been in situations where I did not know that there was a custom of some sort that my femme body has an impact on the room. Right. So I need to understand that. Yeah. Um, you know, the same type of thing, like do I travel to a place where I would need to cover my hair because I'm perceived as a, as a woman FM. versus yeah. not, and it's not religious for me or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. there's things like that. So for me, I think there's the layer of, um, privilege because I have a blue passport that mm. affords me ability to be ignorant of a local custom. Okay. That's a good way of putting that. So I don't want to do that. So okay. I want to make sure that if I know I'm going to a place, take some time ahead of time to do research, to understand as many mm. of the customs as I can so that when I show up, I'm already not taking up space taking with my up space. blue passport, you know? Okay. The other part of that is just as a brown person, I will already automatically maneuver differently than a white person who is in spaces like that because I'm mindful of it. The other part of it, my family is very international. I have British relatives. I have Australian relatives, Canadian relatives, Japanese relatives. Um, I have people all over the planet. So I already have a mindset that isn't strictly American. I was raised in the households of other people, right. people from other countries. And so right. I already sort of have a mindset there. So I think for me, that's that's why that's why I had to take a pause, because I had to think about. As an right. American, what do I need to decolonize mm-hmm. as a brown person who is a, a impacted and oppressed by a society that I also benefit from? Right. That's very weird. <laughs> so, no. No, I I love the thing is like this article, it has great questions. And then the the people that she interviewed, phenomenal answers. Um, So, but to, I think that I answer the questions as well. And um, uh, the the question of what does decolonized travel mean to me? Uh, Me personally, I need to remind myself constantly that I am a guest in someone's home. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. not. So take your shoes paying, off. Go through the right. Door. I am not a paying <laughs> customer. I know I am a paying customer, but if I take that mindset first, yeah, then the entitlement comes in. I see. So I for this me, I, I am a guest in this space. That is the first. It is my responsibility as this guest to have an understand, at least a rudimentary understanding of where I am, who I'm with, and what that means having this face. Be house trained when you go into somebody else's house. trained, okay? (laughs) I am potty trained. Yes. Um, Sometimes, Uh, it depends on what I'm eating. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's, that's, that's good. That's my number one. I know I could, and again, you went into like, you really went into that. And that's, that's awesome. Like I think, because again, I could answer that and go much longer. I can do some more. But again, guys, I want you guys to be answering yourself. What yeah. does decolonization travel mean to you? Yeah. And that's your personal. Okay. So that was good. Uh, how about this one? What are you currently doing as an insert race 
allied traveler to actively engage in Black Lives Matter movement towards decolonization of travel. So the question is, you're you're listing your race in that situation. What can yes. I do as insert my right. race? What can I do as a mm, to <laughs> allied traveler to actively engage in Black Lives Matter movement towards decolonization of travel? So that's also a very difficult one for me because, um, fun fact, unless you listen to my other show, Militantly Mix, you you may not understand that this is a possibility. I am a person without a race. Why? Because as a mixed race person who happens to have a racially ambiguous presentation, meaning you cannot look at me through my phenotypes and decide I come yep. from a particular group, um, I don't have a race. So I have to default to my my phenotypes, which is basically like, I'm not white. That's right. really all I can say there because, you know, as a, I'm a non-white, I'm a non-white um, because okay. there is the black race. There is right. the white race. There is mm -hmm. Asian, which is mm -hmm. hilarious, but what's fine. And then there's, um, you know, Hispanic, which is how we right. list it here in the United right. States, which is not necessarily accurate. Mm -hmm. um, and I am neither of those things off of off of jump. You can't look at me and identify me. So that's why I'm a raceless person. Uh, so as a brown, let's just say that as a brown person, what am I doing to so here's the thing. I'm a mixed black person. I'm at all times a mixed black person. I am at all times and in my my personal identity, I am hierarchically identify I identify myself with my ethnic groups hierarchically. I am black first, even though my presentation is very ambiguous and and brown and Dominican um, for whatever reason. Everybody thinks I'm Dominican. Um, and then Japanese next and then British. And, and again, I always say British versus white because I, I need people to understand that it's not just that I'm a white American of, of English descent. I am of British descent, British white descent, because that's, right. that's who I come from. Uh, and then after that, I guess you can throw American in there, but I don't really, again, I don't really know what it's like to be American until I'm outside of this country and I'm mm -hmm. identified because mm -hmm. they can detect American. I'm not detecting myself as American because I'm a second class citizen here as a You are an other here in America. Yeah, I'm an other here. So I'm always aligned with um, like a sort of paraphrased version of a Bible quote, which is fun because I'm an atheist, is I can do all things through black women. <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. I so prioritize, I, I prioritize yeah. black women over every other human on this planet. And mm -hmm. so in so much as I am able to be of service and or benefit to black women, that is my emotional priority. That is my political priority. That is my mental priority. Um, so I don't think there's anything extra I kind of do. I just mm -hmm. move that way. So I, I might not even be able to identify it. Um, right. If it's actively trying to purchase items from black woman owned stores before mm -hmm. Amazon or whatever, you know, things like that in small ways and in big ways, voting in such a way that mm -hmm. is trying to honor and protect black women more than anything. So that's, that's, I guess that's that. How that would work within colonizing an allyship within travel um, I don't think I would change much. Like, I think I would still try to seek out depending on where I'm at. Like, I mean, we're planning on moving to Mexico, but there is still a huge population of black Mexicans yep. that aren't really acknowledged here in the United States. And, mm -hmm. and from what I understand, hardly acknowledged in, in Mexico too. Uh, so in so much as I'm able to, to support and protect and, and provide services to, um, black Mexican women, 
I, I, you know, that that would kind of be my goal. I would just sort of rearrange what I do here in the States to do a version of that there. Um, and then, of course, where we're moving, I, I am already in contact with a, a number of black women expats that live in that area, too. So um, supporting whatever things that they're doing in businesses, I guess, would be something that I could do. Uh, but yeah, that one's a tough one for someone like me because I'm I'm already operating as a brown <laughs> person, a second right. class citizen within my own country. So, well, I uh, yeah, currently, what can I do as a white femme, white gay femme, allied traveler to actively engage in Black Lives Matter movement towards decolonization of travel? Uh, you did hit a lot of them, which is um, to be very mindful of where I'm putting my money, where I'm spending my time. And uh, when we talk about, let's just talk about Mexico in particular. Most of the time, people who look like us spend certain times where they only go to resorts. Yes. Resorts and people go, I spent a lovely time in Mexico. No, you did not go to Mexico. You went to an American um, compound in Mexico. That's what you did. Mm. I, I don't, I, I know that came across as harsh. No, it's fine. I mean, but it's I also realistic. Like people don't go to what they are being told yeah. is a third world country because they yeah. really want to see poverty and, you know, whatever stuff. They want to see the exotic, in quotation fingers, locations yeah. that they see in pictures. That's what they care well, about. Well, and exactly. It's like you didn't go to Hawaii. You went to an American compound in Hawaii. You actually didn't see the true, what Hawaii is truly suffering from. Yeah. With and the truly experiencing. Have. Yeah. You, you are not seeing that at all. You're not seeing the true beauty of the people and the true beauty. You're seeing a commercialized. Yeah. Um, you're going to luau's that you're paying $250. Right. A, a plate for and stuff like that. You're seeing. Right. Very... And you're, you're paying for a show that caters entirely to you, your needs, your, what, what your you, desire what you want, to what see, the see exotic, exotic at a right. distance, at a distance, you know, and while doing that means you're othering them in right? their own okay. home, in their own home. However, the other thing that bothers me, and I have mentioned this before, I think I've mentioned it before I talk a lot. I'm sorry, internet. I do. <laughs> Uh, a lot of times people who look like me who go and create podcasts or YouTube channels and are going out to other countries to live, create a business down there. And I don't have a problem with that. You need to have income to live. I get it. And you can be most, paying taxes in that country. Right. Too. But most of us go down there and create jobs, not for locals. Right. We create that's actually new to me. I only learned that because of knowing you. I didn't realize that was happening. We, I we, we bring other people down to uh, like what was that show that I used to watch all the time? Internet uh House Hunters International. Yeah. They only had particular people showing them around to, to Yeah. They were always almost they were always white, but they were almost, almost always American. Always American. Yeah. Or now I get it. Language can be whatever. However, uh, that's the reality of where you're freaking going. But anyway, so how can I uh, do that? Um, is to be mindful. I'm spending my money mindful of, I, I prefer to do more things local. I do not enjoy going to tourist traps, which is funny because yeah. I used to be really big into uh, Disneyland. 
That's funny. Yeah, you were a big Disney. I was a big Disney file for a really long time. It's funny, too, because like I grew up going to Hawaii because my family, my Japanese side of the family lives there, um, a a big number of them. So I never did any of the tourist things. I never I've never been to Diamond Head. I've never done to like the volcano park. Like I've never done the closest to, I guess, a a touristy thing I did was that we went to the Dole factory, but that's because we were like seven years old and you know, everybody, it's a, it's a rite of passage, you yeah. know, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I've never experienced Hawaii as a tourist. I've only has experienced Hawaii as a family, a family, yeah, like sleeping family. on the floor of my relative's house, you know, yeah. whatever that is. Um, so it is strange to think like when people talk about how in love they are with Hawaii, I'm like, yeah, I get it. But that's because I'm viewing it from the floor of my grandmother's living room. You know what I'm saying? Like not. I black lives matter means exactly that black lives matter too. Right. Mm -hmm. But the movement itself, as I have gone through my discovery arch is that when I talk to people who are doing this work, who look like me, we are always asking ourselves or reminding ourselves, oh, does that also include um, uplifting queer people? Or is that off, oh, um, often uplifting trans people or this or that, whatever? And what is interesting to me and lovely to discover after many years of finally like, it's not, it's like I get it in my head, but to like put it all together and be like, ah, that's what I'm, um, <laughs> is that black spaces are already pretty much intersectional. Yeah. So when, when Black Lives Matter, they're also saying brown lives, they're also saying in, in, indigenous lives matter, queer lives matter, yeah. trans lives matter. It, but to them, it's like, of course, it doesn't matter what I'm saying. Like yeah. only in, in white, white people spaces, need- It's usually segmented. It's the, yes. it's the belief that there's intersectionality where there's not. So where what, a white woman who would tell you back in the day to vote for a white woman politician, even though that white woman politician has a negative record towards how they treat black and brown people they would still say it's important to get a woman in there though right yeah which is not intersectional but they think that because it's woman that means intersectional whereas in black and brown spaces so when you hear me talk you'll hear me talk about race Mm -hmm. first yep but i everything is a part of that because i am at all times a black japanese queer person like there's never a time that i get to be one or the other i am hierarchical in my racial in my ethnical uh, my ethnic and cultural identity because Mm -hmm. i grew up around black people i'm mostly around black people i'm only occasionally around japanese people that i'm related to not not just japanese people in the wild and i'm never around white people right very very rarely am i around white people in mass anyways you know like hi you um i I got a half one here in my house Um, and then you know the one that likes to dance behind me Um. yeah and then that one (laughs) um so like i so for me i do talk through the lens of race first but when i'm talking i'm not segmenting i'm not saying i'm only talking about cis heterosexual black people right now i'm literally talking about all of us because i don't hear black lives matter without hearing all black lives matter, you know, like all of them, right. all of the black lives are important. That's, so. that, Cause I feel like it, I don't want to speak for anybody watching, but I'm going to make some, some assumptions is if you are someone who is a darker hue than me and I say certain things, you're going to be like, why is that white woman saying shit? I already know. Right. Cause yeah. you already know that. 
Yeah. I'm not you. It's also how talk- we talk. Like you'll say something right. and I'll be like, but, but yeah. right. Because I need to know if you are also, if I'm on the same page. Mm-hmm. Right. I also, but I mostly guys, when I'm, I'm talking to the whites, that's my lane. I'm talking to you <laughs> is that when we say black lives matter, it's not just black lives matter. It's intersectional. Yeah. Okay. If you really want to decolonize your brain and you really want to push Black Lives Matter, that means you are pro-queer. Yeah, you that can't, means you can't you be are also like, I only have time for the blacks right now. Well, I can't really do the Mexicans too. Yeah, yeah, you know nothing. Like you can't, you, you no. it can't be like that. And well, I'll I'll tell you an example, a way to make it re- something that's super clear to black people that might not be clear to totally. anybody else. Right. Uh, black Panther the movie mm-hmm. opened big. We got, we're the only movie that got Best Picture nomination, you know, all this kind of stuff, heralded everything like that. When Black Panther 2 was being produced, we didn't just keep it black. We included in the story, and I'm saying we as the collective black, not specifically mm-hmm. Ryan Kluger and everybody that, that is involved, mm-hmm. because again, that's how we talk. Yep. Uh, we brought in the Mexican, the Mesoamerican storyline into that picture too because even though it's setting up like a um a battle sequence or whatever we're showing a full picture of culture on both sides and the people who know know so when we see that trailer pop up and um and namor turns his head and he's in full regalia and everything like that and mexican and mesoamerican descendants and things like that were seeing that and they were yeah. freaking out right. they were freaking out because there was authenticity and thought yes. brought into, brought into- the presentation yes of bringing in latin american people into the into the fold of that movie right yeah and i know we haven't seen the movie yet but we've seen the trailer we all know mm-hmm. um that's how we move we know that it it doesn't benefit to only improve things for ourselves. Everybody's got to come with us. Right. Um, we got to do it in chunks, though, because, you know, mm-hmm. we can't just unfortunately right. hit it mm-hmm. all at once. Mm-hmm. So it started with the black movie. Then there was an Asian movie. Then there was mm-hmm. a black and Latin American movie. You know, it's coming right. like we're working our way through it. But that is how we think. And that is how we talk. And that is how we move. And so. And a very white American point of view. And I'm not, we also know that it it can affect everything because white supremacy can get into to anyone. Everything. I mean, so much and, so that there's literal like Latin American white folks that think that they're not black. <laughs> right. Or they're, you know, like Latinas for Trump or, 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 yeah. wi- or women who voted for people to, and then were like, why did they take away our, our rights to abortion? I'm like, oh. Did you think they weren't going to take away you? They race? said they were going to. I don't get you. Anyway, they will tell you who they are. <laughs> is that American exceptionalism mm-hmm. is all based on individualism mm-hmm. and there is no we. And that's how we got here. Yeah. We tell people that are struggling, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We, um, that is your life choice, not seeing again, Charmaine talking knows this white people. I'm talking to you, um, (laughs) is that we are seeing, we don't see how people got there and are struggling. We just say, well, you're, you're weak. We seem to understand it when it's like 
uh, rural America struggling, like the farmers, whatever. But as soon as we go into inner cities, yeah. all of a sudden they're just like, we've made choices to be in those. Places. Right. Yeah. Not taking into account how they got there, how things, anyway. So why is this all important guys? Because all of this is, uh, if you really want to do this work, it stops with I and othering also to the pact of if I ever say this, she knows she's going to hit me, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you. I will not be saying those white people and I do not say other white people. I say we, yeah, those are my people. You are my people. When you act out of pocket, you're representing me and you're really pissing me off. Yeah. Bye. Because in the same way that mm -hmm. people justify something like stop and frisk, because you never yes. know which black person is actually um, committing a crime mm -hmm. is the same way that y'all need to accept hearing the words white people and understand mm -hmm. that I can't, if I passed Shay on the street, not knowing her, I wouldn't know she wasn't one of those white people. I have no evidence. I have no reason to believe and or trust. I'm, I'm going to have to be in a situation where I'm uncomfortable around her for a while until I feel comfortable around her. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, that is just, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. So it sucks, but it's the reality. Yeah. So you got to do the work. Like you got to do the work. And the first thing is you got to take your ego out of it. And again, not talking to Charmaine, white people, I'm talking <laughs> to us is, is that we get super offended when, because of where the, we are trained to be individuals and that, how are you lumping me into not all men or whatever that mm -hmm. freaking phrase you want to say is, but think about how many times when something happens, Muslims are you know, yeah, this and black people are this. And I'm like, when, 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 when everybody's a monolith, but white people, but white people that exactly that's, that's it. That's it entirely. We, every, if something happens and the, a black person does it or this, everybody, it gets lumped in whatever. But if we do something, cause I mean, honestly, like we're the number one mass shooters so mm -hmm. but we always go that person is sick that person is that that one is is less than us we don't take responsibility right yeah. um so anyway so that is what i'm talking about peoples um the last question is what active steps can other insert races i guess but for myself because i right we can't speak for other people <laughs> uh allied travelers take to decolonize travel so what advice can you give as I guess someone without race, like I give to somebody of a yeah, of, so of, who, different of yourself, like you so. Know. This question, I gotta say, I don't love this question, and here's okay. why: okay. because I think it opens up labor, unpaid labor, on brown people to answer questions for white people. I don't think they mean it like that. I think they meant it as the insert your race. You're so what, like it's just worded wrong. Yeah, it's just I think I that's how I'm taking the question, okay. which is. How can I, as a white, uh, as another, I tell another white person uh, who wants to be an ally traveler, how to decolonize their, okay. their travel? So I guess in this question, I wouldn't really be able to answer because for me, I'm like, how do I tell black Japanese British people, <laughs> <laughs> which is my brother and five of my cousins. <laughs> how, would I, how would I tell us five? You know, we start um, small. Huh? Start small. Start small. Start small. Um, starts at home. Yeah, let's let's put that let, let's put that question onto you. Then. Okay. Uh, for me, as a white, uh, what active steps can other white people um, who want to be allied travelers do to take 
decolonization work, education. Yeah. You need to be actively, rabidly learning. And not you know just what? learning about where you're going, learning about learning. where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I would what say do you take fair to say to everybody. So I'll, right. Yeah. That's fine. That's fair to I say. mean, you know, so, but again, like it's one of those things, like when I was reading it, I'm like, I'm not going to about to tell a black girl because I'm going to stay in my lane. That's <laughs> what, that is some... And for me, like, if I, I, like one of the things that is so exhausting about anti-racism work when you are talking to white people as right. a brown person right. is the, the first question is always, I am a white person talking to you, a brown person. What can you tell me to do? Gimme, and that is labor gimme, on my part. Yeah. Gimme. And I, I want you to do the Googles. I want you yep. to do the thing. Do you ultimately need to eventually talk to someone brown right. so that you can like clarify things? Well, yes. Course. But what I need to, I need you to do is to do some work first so that I can see what you've done. Right. And, and allow that to prove to me whether or not you're going to keep right. doing the work. After Don't I just give show you up and answer. say, hi, fix me. I yeah. have good intentions. Yeah. No, don't do yeah. any of that crap. And that follows through to the traveling guys. Yeah. Know where you're going. Know, know the you're people. Going. You're not going to know everything because not everything can be written down in a book. Right. You got to make your best effort. Like know cool. some very basic things, things, you know, like what side of the road people drive on. Uh, the a good one was the one that came up. I think it was our first or second episode where somebody said, uh, someone said something about what state in Mexico are you moving to? And they said, I'm moving to Mexico. Mexico. There's no like, states. And I'm like, as if the United States right. was the only place on the or planet that had you the can't concept name of states. The ruler of the country that you're going to. You can't, yeah, like, you don't know how their government works. Um, you don't know how, like, I mean, to be no fair, stuff. it's almost difficult to know how our government. Right. No, that is fair. Like, like but, I lived here my entire life and I'm like, but like, huh? know if they have a president or a king right. or a prime minister, you know, or a queen or, or you both. know, or, or a committee of right. rulers, you know, like whatever it is, right. do they have mayors or governors in the mm -hmm. place that you're at? Like basic, basic things about just like the structure of the place that you go. But yeah. then also know, is it, safe to tip there without offending people is it um safe i guess to walk around the streets at night that might be that might be a thing um well, but you know like there's certain things that you should just generally know about the place that you're going right. rather than just kind of raw dogging the the travel yeah. and see what happens yeah and so education 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 and it starts from you actively doing stuff not expecting something from someone yeah. else but to actively go out and do it and Google um, is free as fuck, y'all. Like, as I mean, you literally can just get onto Google. And <laughs> uh, so many ways. like my people like to say things like, "Well, there's so many different answers." Yeah, because brown people, the world is fucking complex. It's complex, and there's damn and how, near eight billion of us on this planet. Right, and like for example, um, Mexico City has more laws in place that protect trans people than some other states in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So those are things that you want to be aware of. Yeah. Um, and, and even if you're not trans, I would like you to know that. Why? Because I would like you, if you're going to experience something and you want to uplift, I would like you to give money to places that go, no, trans people matter and we're going to take care of them. I would prefer right, yeah. you to give money to them than to go to the place that doesn't agree with that. Yeah. Again, preference. Um, also, I guess one one thing that I will say for, for brown people, but black people specifically, uh, research what the police situation is in the places that you're going. 
Um, and before we get out of here, just a, a, a quick reason why I say that is because um, what I understand from the research that I've done is that in Mexico, there are only three states mm-hmm. um, that have uh, the police are paid a not just a living wage, but like a thriving wage. Right. And therefore, in those places, they have fewer crimes against citizens mm-hmm. by the police than in other places you know there's fewer stories of corruption that being said there's also higher surveillance in some of those places so in the yucatan in particular the the state of the yucatan surveillance is really high in that Mm -hmm. part of the world i just discovered Mm -hmm. this yesterday they're talking with a friend um there's there's cameras everywhere there's literal police police presence everywhere Everywhere. which can be very triggering for for black and brown folks because we experience violence by the police all the time that being said these police aren't here to fuck with you because they're paid enough. They don't have to drum up mm-hmm. cases to get mm-hmm. paid in the way our system works here in the United States. So they're there when they're needed. Yeah. Not when they want to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. So that is a good thing for someone like me who grew up watching violence being done to myself and my family members and my friends um, by the police and getting a pass for doing that. So yeah. to know that I'm going to be in a place where there's a lot of police I need to know that in advance because that's going right. to automatically trigger me. But right. then the nuance understanding of what the police are doing in those spaces and how they're maneuvering, mm-hmm. that actually aids me in being able to say, okay, this might be a comfortable place for me to go knowing that right. they're there and they'll literally protect me and if something happens to me. From my research, I've, I have come to like, uh, this is how I've, come to this is from my research i've learned that while the yucatan is not as forward thinking as i would like to be for progressive when it comes to lgbtq protection Mm -hmm. it's more like a live and let live there so from what i could tell the police and others are not hunting you yeah okay um if something happens to you it sucks that there's not something there's not an extra protection extra protection uh, yeah. in place however they're not like hunting you like they're not hunting you. Here that, in, that's a good one <laughs> so um that's because good. like you know there's countries that we're going to be talking about and things like that you know like russia they're hunting you yeah so, they're hunting I, they're I hunting never, us i can so. never go to russia um no. yeah and i have i have a friend i have been invited <laughs> I have a friend no, so in St. I. Petersburg who has stayed with us a couple times and has said, like, come, you know, I'll show you everywhere and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I'm, a, I'm this is when I go back to I'm gay on the Internet, um, meaning that I'm out <laughs> in the world with yeah. a banner under my face that says yeah. queer. <laughs> so, no, like, mm, I am gay on the Internet. This no. cannot happen. And it's all a, right. In, yeah, it's a shame because like the Russian people, well, most of the ones I meet are pretty fucking awesome and they don't yeah. want to live the way it's i, I guess yeah, it's like, so like they don't want to live that way too yeah like what i mean a lot of americans like i don't want to live here too get me out yeah <laughs> anyway rescue me from my country all yeah. right so we i don't think we can ever get under an hour and 30 minutes no, I, I know we tried the first episode we were 45 and that was great but we haven't been able to do it since then i'm gonna put it on you it's all your fault yeah, thanks. Um, so I this is just the beginning. This is one of the things that I think we're going to do from time to time. We are, as we said before, we are we are regular ass people. We are regular ass um, 
podcasters. We're not experts. We're not certified in any way, shape or form. Uh, we are just regular ass people that are trying to go onto this journey um, to travel and live abroad and doing research on our own to try to make sure our transition is as smooth as possible. And in so much as that we can be a resource and be supportive to the community, we absolutely want to do that. But we encourage you to do your own research for where you're going and what you're doing and how you're going to do that so that you don't get somewhere and say, well, Shay and Charmaine said, said oh, please don't. it was going to be easy. Um, yeah. I don't anticipate this to be an easy no. transition for us at all. I mean, we also have a language barrier in addition yeah. to all the other stuff that we need to learn when we get to a new place. I but fully I plan on probably having a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> I still hope that it'll be a fun adventure and, and something yeah. that can be potentially very healing, especially for me as a, as a brown femme to exist in a place where most of the people are brown also. Um, I think that'll be great for me. Uh, but I just want to encourage people that if they're, they are considering this, start sa saving your money, start yeah. doing research, talk to lawyer, travel lawyers and um, immigration lawyers and things like that. Do this work. It is more complicated than getting on a plane and just showing up somewhere. And honestly, people ha are doing this long before we came along to do this. Oh, yeah. Like Franny the Traveler. And there's like so the many. And really make sure also to decolonize who the hell you're following. Who you're take following. Take a look who you're looking at. Too. Yeah. Take a look who you're listening. I'm not saying not follow white creators. I'm not saying that at all. But if that's all you're looking at, you're only getting one perspective. And so it's going to be a very skewed perspective because, yeah. and this is just fair to say, out just outright fair to say, the white lens mm -hmm. does not see mm -hmm. what brown people go through. Mm -hmm. if, if, if the statement, we have the same 24 hours in a day exists, then we can only <laughs> understand that that means that they cannot see the systems that are in place that make it very difficult for some of us to maneuver. So they're not going to see travel locations in the same way. They're not going to see uh, price gouging and all this other kind of stuff in the same way. They're not going to see safety and protection in the same way. Yep. There is going to be ways in which if once Shay and I are actually traveling together, that mm -hmm. the treatment towards her and the treatment towards me is going to be very, very different. And that's going to be interesting for us to experience, especially yes. because we're doing this together, you know? Right. Um, and and there'll definitely be interesting the way they treat our partners. Partners and stuff like that too. Yeah. To us, so, yeah. So it'll be, it, it's just, it's just important that you do this work and, and that you, you include yourself in the kind of conversations that we're having because we're not just having these conversations on the show. Of course uh, we are having them. We have been having them for, for months leading up to us even deciding to do this show. So mm -hmm. ask yourself these important questions and um, as you prepare and then seriously follow every and <laughs> follow all kinds of people, yeah. like all kinds of black and brown travelers or how I am processing things every now and then I'll see a white travel thing and, They'll give me a perspective I wasn't expecting to. Um, so, you know, just follow everybody. And don't forget to follow us. Uh, yeah, follow us. <laughs> on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and did we have a Facebook page? I don't know if no. I created a Facebook page for us. It's dying. Okay, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Queer Far Pod, Pod on the social media. Oh, we do have a Tickety Talk, though. So yes, Queer follow Far us on TikTok. Pod on Tickety Talk. Um, Shay just put out a, a helpful tips video on Argentina. Um Actually, by the time this airs, it's probably going to be a lot more. Of yeah, I'm going to do another one. Yeah, this is going out. In a and then maybe what I'll do is I'll um, take some of the creators that I found here and say, hey, guys, you interested? You should be following some of these people that are already living uh, and traveling abroad that yeah. are perhaps non-white or, or more inter intersectional. Mm hmm. 
How's that? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. And um, yeah, that's that's what I got. Okay. Well, I'm waxed. <laughs> I'm vexed and I'm about to get extra vexed because I'm getting my I'm getting my monkey pox, my first and monkey polio. pox this week, and hopefully my polio booster this week as well. So it's a meeting? You have yes. to have a meeting? Yeah. So like instead of just getting a vaccine, like I called and I was like, Can I get the polio booster for an adult? CDC just came out. They said we need you to talk to your doctor for them to evaluate whether or not you should get the polio vaccine. Is it a hazard? I'm literally going, no, it's not. It, it, and the CDC recommends it and the WHO recommends it. Um, they said that if you had a, a vaccine as a child, you're probably safe, but it's ideal. It, it's a, you know, if you, but the, if you okay. If you're going to be traveling to areas that it is a, a where you're going that, to New York, they're right? telling you to get it. I'm telling them I'm traveling to New York and it's yeah. in the fucking water system from what I understand. So yeah, I want to fucking get my booster. The World Health Organization, my friends, has yeah. added us, us to yeah. the watch list. The watch list for polio. <laughs> for traveling from the world to here because we have a problem with COVID. We're spreading it. Yeah. Monkeypox. Yeah. And Polio, like so. Unfortunately, I won't be fully monkeypox vaxxed by the okay. time I go to New York. I they're 28 days apart, so I'm going to oh. do the first part this week, and I'll do the second part hey, a month better. from from now. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, at least I'll have the first dose in there a couple weeks before I go out there. If if the polio thing works out, I'll get that one as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm vaxxed. You're vaxxed, <laughs> and we're fully vaxxed. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go. Bye, Internets. Love you. Queer and Far is a main hustle media podcast produced and edited by Charmaine Fury. Co-hosted by Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blaze and Blurred, and Shane Nanigans. Music is Big Band Savage Jazz by Pine Groove. If you like what you've heard on Queer and Far, please subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle. This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified. Unique. Voices. Learn more at univazpods.net.